Hello and welcome to the Dead Letter Movie Podcast. This is episode 75, recorded December 28th, 2022. I'm Tim. I'm Andrew. And I'm our Lily. special guests are... <laughs> Sorry! I may leave it still. Um... <laughs> That's awesome. No, no, keep going, keep going, yeah. I got really excited. Yeah. Hi, I'm Lily, uh, and I'm here with Chase. Hi! Yay! <laughs> Love it, perfect. Excellent. Yeah, so we are going to be discussing fandom for the year. Uh, Tim and I have been wanting to talk to, to revisit fandom for a while um, because a lot of things have happened in all of our various fandoms. And uh, yeah, so we thought with the end of the year coming on, it would be a good time for us to talk about, you know, the year and just uh, fandom in general, if you will. So I we have we have assembled the panel here with the werewolves from Hair the Werewolf. <laughs> and uh, we are going to talk about um, what we, you know, the highs and lows, the upsides, the downsides, whatever kind of pops up. And so, yeah, uh, so I'm Andrew. I just said my name a little bit ago, but my fandom is mostly like horror stuff and also art house movies. That's uh, a big deal for me. And so that's kind of like where I lean in. Yeah. So what about what about our guests, Chase Lily? Um, so Lily, since I can't stop saying my name, um, yeah, yeah I I'm more into definitely horror movies. That's just like probably the number one, but mm. I'm really into true crime as well, yeah. like murder mysteries and whatnot. And I dabble in fantasy, whatnot. So yeah, those are definitely my tops. Cool. Well, uh, I personally I, I have a lot of things. I'm I'm a guy who collects hobbies. So I'm, I'm obsessed with all the horror stuff that we talk about on our podcast for sure, but I'm also very much into video games, hardcore, PC game in particular, and retro gaming. I do that a lot. I also love um, science fiction in general. We're talking books, we're talking shows, we're talking all that. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a huge comic book fan. I read it all. I don't care if it's superheroes, horror, or anything. I'm really into it. Those are probably the big things that occupy my time. And Tim. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also big on science fiction. Um... Yeah, in in most of its various formats. Yeah, Star Trek in particular is, yeah, is oh, probably yeah. my 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 biggest thing. Um, like, let's be real. Um. Let's 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 let's, let's do. Um, so yeah, it's it's been interesting times for that since the the last time we recorded a, an episode on fandom and and talked about Star Trek and and the state of that as a franchise. I uh, I also have sort of a an affinity for certain particular kinds of of offbeat comedy. Um, and I'll I'll talk more about some of that later. Um. But just just to touch, it's been a big year for Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. And also the Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Muppets. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, we're talking about them too. Yeah. I'm also a big Muppet head, so not not as big as Tim, but a pretty big Muppet head. Um, yeah. Muppet head. Uh, all right. So like, uh, what I've asked for everyone on the panel to do is to come up with some kind of question relating to fandom for them to ask. And uh, so I don't know what they're gonna ask. I have one question. Um, I already told Chase it, so he's kind of got a mm. he's kind of got to jump on it. Um, but uh, so my question is, uh, what is something controversial that happened in your fandom this year? Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Because um, I got a few for mine, but I want I want other people to talk first, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say I don't know. I guess that there's two big controversial things I'd say that happened in in the horror fandom, and one has to do with uh, the prevalence of massive amounts of shock value and gore in the movies. Like it's always been there, but looking at the movies that came out this year, there's a lot. And it's mm. it's some pretty heavy hitting shock value stuff. We're talking the terrifier we're talking too we're talking yeah. especially barbarian mm-hmm. um where it's the first time i can guarantee it's hard to recommend some horror films because people like me will love them but people who are on the fence i don't want to recommend it to them 
yeah that, i'd say is the big this is one. not the first stepping stone of horror movie lists uh, that you want to jump into yeah. They're this, pretty was a, this was a very good year for horror but it's also very it's a good year for people who are already into it there's yeah i'd say it's, it's great yeah. for horror fans it's not a good time to jump in i'd say that's probably the most controversial thing and i'd say the other one has to do with exclusivity of a lot of the new movies that came out in terms of exclusivity to streaming services. Yeah. It kind of relates to what my question is for later, but uh, some of the most interesting movies that came out were definitely restricted things. Prey was on Hulu. Fresh was on Hulu only. There's some that were supposed to be shutter exclusives (laughs) where the ability to get a hold of these movies because so many weren't in theaters, uh, it has gotten really difficult. I mean, being a horror fan is actually really hard right now if you want to see everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that there's um I think like well Terrifier definitely had its like controversy about it because it was, you know, just blood and guts. And that's, mm-hmm. that's fine. if that's what you, if you're into blood and guts, it's fine. Um I mean like there is some like misogynist things that have to be discussed with that. Um and I'm not going to go on either side there because I know there's people that'll be like, no, he's just doing this. And they'll be like, no, he's just doing this. And I will say that it is an aspect of those movies I'm not comfortable about, but I will say that. Um, yeah. But um, I, I I do also understand that for, considering we've had like a lot of, quote, elevated things going on in horror, that to just have blood and guts was actually probably a thing a lot of people wanted. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I get that. Stress <laughs> and, relief of the last couple of years, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I understand. Reversed <laughs> escapism, if you will. Yeah, yeah. it's more no. like... It makes sense to me that why that would be such a big deal. Yeah. Um, One thing I wanted to like ask you guys about, because I know that, did you guys get to see Pearl? Um, No. So, okay. Okay. Because I know you did. The the big ones that we haven't seen are, we didn't get to see the menu because it's only in theaters. Yeah. And we haven't seen Pearl. Those are, I think, and we didn't see Smile. People talked about that one. Those are the three big ones we haven't seen. Smile, I'm going to be, I'm going to just ever sort of spoil it. Um, Smile is the um, low-key A-cab movie of the year. Um, mm. And mm. I don't, and you're not going to realize that till later, probably. Um, so, but me telling you that doesn't really like ruin anything. Sure, um, sure. I, I will say it's about 20 minutes too long um, and would probably would have been better as a Japanese manga story-wise, but it's <laughs> uh, it's not bad. Like it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, yeah. Nice. Um, the true crime person in you may will probably like, kind of enjoy the police procedural part of it, I think. And that, that I was always something do. I enjoyed. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, the thing about Pearl, because I knew you guys didn't like X, but Pearl made X better for me. <laughs> so like that's, <laughs> that's that's kind of like what I'm, I'm curious about when you guys get to see that. But uh, yeah. Well, I think my, my big issues with X weren't necessarily the plot. Mm-hmm. I think it had some pacing issues. The plot didn't bother me. My problem with X was all the stuff no one's complained about. And that kind of bothered me. The biggest issue was it was so obvious it was a woman in prosthetics. And I was hearing people online going, look how good the makeup was. I was like, no, the makeup was god awful. You could tell it was that girl in makeup from I day knew. one. It was her right away. The thing is, it, you knowing it was her in makeup, you could tell how important it was going to be, but it wasn't as important at the end. It would have been much better if they just cast a talented older lady to do it. Because every time she was on screen, I was like, She's doing the, this is what we think old people act like, but they don't. And it was really hard to watch it. So I was really bothered by that. And I thought all the yeah. kills, with the exception of maybe one, were really predictable and boring. The plot wasn't a problem. Them hiding off to make a porn movie on a farm. That worked. That worked for me. I was like, this yeah. is funny. It's great. But I really didn't like it. And I also am not scared of old people. And I... you have to be to find this movie scary. 
I am not. I, I am. I am neither. I'm not afraid of dolls, and I'm not very afraid of dead, wet children. Um, I, can, <laughs> I yeah. like movies with those with those things in it, but it's usually not something that's scaring me. Um, yeah. And I also, I also find the whole fear of old age thing being kind of like a hard thing to like grasp for a lot of people. So this is how they try to manifest it in a movie, and it just seems really clunky. Mm. It feels clunky. Like I don't. I'm not scared of mirrors, but the movie Oculus, I could at least understand where the fear was supposed to be. So mm-hmm. even though I couldn't relate, I could understand. Mm-hmm. This one, I couldn't relate, and I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Tim and I saw I like Oculus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. it was... Uh, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I liked it well enough. Competent, more or less. Yeah, it had some great moments and some bad moments. Um, I think the funniest part about those how the dad, the creepy dad who gets possessed, played the stoner in Days and Confused. Oh yeah. Well, mm-hmm. there were a lot of stoners in Days and Confused, to be fair. But yes, but I mean like the hardcore with the hair who was like burnt out all the time. Oh, that guy. Yes, you're yeah. right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think that was a Mike Flanagan movie. Who is like I am a fan of Mike Flanagan. I have enjoyed what he's done, but I did not finish the Midnight Club. I mm. I just didn't. Never, never even started it. I, it yeah. I am really bad at TV. Is the thing like Me I know too. people are just like this is the best time for television. I'm like that's cool. Um, <laughs> I like things to be done sooner. Um, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would much prefer a movie. A movie is going to be generally three hours. At, that's going to take up at most of my time is three hours, and mm-hmm. even then I get annoyed when it is three hours. But still, like you know, I got other things going on in my life. Please yeah. make these like things me? not last forever. And I think specifically relating to your question, like what you think is controversial, yeah. I guess mine would probably be, um, I don't like miniseries or mm. uh, eight episode long, what have you, when I feel like a movie would have done it just mm-hmm. better because the pacing wouldn't have been off. And yeah. I always feel like with five episode or eight episode series, the middle struggles because you're just moving along until you get to the end at some point. Um, I also have a really hard time with my fantasy love of Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. The, you know, they're just really pushing it hard for me right now. To, to make it as long as possible. To make it as long as possible. And nowhere near to the to the source. The reason why I fell in love with these movies is because of the books and how it follows, you know, what I would consider the Bible of fantasy. It's just like, mm-hmm. we're just going to do whatever we want and you're going to like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're just going to slap Lord of the Rings on it. Well, but we've also struggled with that with horror too. Recently, it seems like most of the streaming services, the horror production they're doing is for shows and miniseries. Yeah. And I yeah. think that horror is one of the hardest things to do in a show format because you you can't kill everyone or make only one person survive in a single episode because then you don't have other episodes. So the feeling of dread or terror mm-hmm. has to be muted so strongly to last the show that usually by the episode two or three, I'm so over it and never finish it. Mm-hmm. Say the Haunting is... at Hill House was the only yeah. horror mini that I found compelling all the way through. Yeah, I agree. And that was it. again. Yeah, yeah. That, that's my yeah. oh, same that's guy. Right. Yeah, huh. yeah. He's yeah. gonna do House of Usher. I think that'll be his last thing with Netflix. Um, oh, okay. Because oh, um... he's, I think he's making the he's making the jump to someone else now. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So. But it, it'll be like it'll be about House of Usher, like how some like how you know Haunting of Hill House was, you sure. know, like only so much to do with the actual source material, uh, yeah, or, yeah, or right. Bly Manor, which was like you know several Henry James things, I think. Uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah, I totally feel that. Yeah, Tim, <laughs> what controversial things happened in your fandom? Okay, um... <laughs> Tim, so... Tim is pulling out a long list right now. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I can come up with a couple. Okay. So the 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 short version is that 
there has been a lot of new Star Trek. Yeah. And the fan base is somewhat divided. <laughs> I'd say that's a very, very broad it's, understatement. <laughs> is this worse than Star Wars? Because I feel like um, Star Wars fans love to hate Star Wars. Maybe Star more Wars than fans, they like to love Star Wars. But yes. I mean, like Star, like, Star Wars you... fans are the worst. I, I say this as a Star Wars fan who is not afraid of calling Star Wars on the carpet when it's bad. Um, <laughs> do it. But you no, know, it's it's been kind of a, a mixed bag. Like I for for my part, I have actually very much enjoyed nearly everything that that they've been doing with Star Trek. They they've got people who understand it and and know how to tell interesting stories with the characters. Uh, you know, some of the shows that have been on for a little while now, they they feel like they've kind of got their feet under them and are doing better with the storytelling than maybe they were earlier on. But I mean, that's that's the thing with almost any television show. It, it gets better if it lives long enough to do so. Yeah. But there there's there's been some uh, particularly around season two of Star Trek Picard, which I, I still don't love the title. I, I love that we're getting to revisit, you know, Picard, who is is you know, probably my favorite character in, in the whole franchise, but yeah, this, this season was a little muddled and, and you know, season one had some, some little issues too. So I, I thought on the whole, it was pretty effective, but yeah, people are not all of one mind about it and I get why. So there's, there's that going on, but that's not really anything new. I mean, yeah, right. You, you go back to the mid '80s, ahead of you know. Oh, we're we're doing a new Star Trek television show, and and it's not going to have the original cast. Captain Kirk's not going to be on it. Lots of people were up in arms about that. Mm-hmm. Show premiered. Some people were won over. Others were not. Some people still are not. And so, and so it goes. And so it goes. Well, I would say in my experience, uh, so I grew up in a house that watched Star Trek and I have things I love about Star Trek and things that I know aren't just not catered to my taste. But the one thing I've always noticed is a big difference between Star Trek fans and Star Wars fans is like everyone says in jokes that Star Wars fans love to hate Star Wars. Star Trek fans tend to not change their opinion on old things and they tend to stick to their guns. And that's pretty impressive. So like if someone didn't like the Enterprise show when it came out, they probably still don't like it today. And they know what they love about Star Trek and what they don't. And so when the show comes out, they use that same gauge to decide what they do and don't like. Whereas with Star Wars, when the prequels came out, everyone hated it. But now you talk to most Star Wars fans, and over the last 20 years, they've gone from hating the prequels to loving them, just not as much as they loved the originals. They say, oh, it's got problems, but I still love it. And that's been a weird thing to me where I was like, did yeah. you did you remember seeing them in theaters? Like, why is it different to you now? I'll I'll argue with you a little bit there. Sure, so sure. part part of that is the the sheer volume of persons in the fan base. A yeah, lot of people. So yeah, those are the Star Wars movies they grew up with. They saw Very them when true. they were kids and were less tuned in to say, "Oh, that was that was not good about this yeah. movie." Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I I saw them. They were bad. <laughs> still bad i mean i i maintain that it, you know and I've, I've said this before probably even on this show kind of the the bones of those movies the overall plot structure is fine but the dialogue is clunkier than it had mm-hmm. been and the, the dialogue was never really a strong point in in the original trilogy either yeah. but, this but, is this is why he got people different people to write the other two uh, and and, and yeah. direct yeah yeah and direct yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Had, leave bracket i mean like mm-hmm. she knew mm-hmm. what she was doing um <laughs> yeah yeah Irvin kershner directed empire and it was a better movie yeah yeah um george is not a great director 
he's he's got some fantastic ideas, but mm-hmm. I feel like he really needed people around him to you know speak truth to power and and you know doctor the scripts a little bit. It's like we can we can tweak this and adjust this and and somebody who was more of an actor's director and and knew how to get people to deliver lines and and generate chemistry yeah. and just none of that is there in the prequels and you know, the, the and, sequels and have their always, own problems but he always worked better when he bounced stuff off other people like the indiana jones trilogy that was because you had george luke's ideas but you also had steven Spielberg saying i know what's going to work and what's not and mm-hmm. it, that was a good mix and they yeah, also and, had philip kaufman to kind of put uh, you know like philip kaufman who's like this other sort of new hollywood guy he was like hey i made body snatchers um but, <laughs> like you know but he was like kind of like the other guy would be like okay maybe <laughs> like yeah and like and lawrence kasdan too also would also yeah. bring it in with yeah. those two as well so yeah so those those things were not really present um you're you're right though uh getting back to to trek that you know people tend to sort of form their opinions and they they maintain it's like you know trek has has been what it has been it's, you know mm-hmm. the original series was always cheesy and very cheaply produced there was no budget the third season is objectively worse because there was a lot of shakeup behind the scenes and the writers were not getting paid <laughs> it, was, no. it was it was bad yeah um, people yeah yeah i mean you mm. Well, I have a question then about Star Trek. So when we were living in England, they a lot of stuff was available on Netflix, like it's not here. So I was able to watch a lot of the stuff. Everyone yeah. had been talking about Discovery, and I saw the first two seasons of Discovery. But when you back to anymore, is that show still going? And what has happened to it since the first two seasons? Like, what direction has it gone in? Okay, so um, yeah, yeah, the yeah international distribution of of all the new stuff is is weird here in the states yeah. that's that's all on paramount plus now and, and that's a whole other thing um yes discovery is still going they recently wrapped season five which oh, will wow, be premiering sometime in the new year um so i for for my part i remained firmly on the fence for the first two seasons but i stuck mm-hmm. with it because i i thought from the outset they had a great cast full of interesting characters yeah i just thought they needed to tell some better stories yep and, and that felt a little more like star trek i think they did that uh thus thus far season three is is my favorite it's kind of its overall theme is about choosing hope in the face of a great darkness mm-hmm. uh and and that was you know very very poignant yeah particularly in its time and star trek has always been about that about speaking to yeah. the time mm-hmm. we live in from a perspective of the future sort of sort of couching it in this this different setting and different trappings so that we can see it maybe in a a way that we can't from where we are right now um and i i think they're doing more of that i'm i'm curious what season five is going to look like because things are are a little different um yeah there there was a big big sea change sort of a cliffhanger at the end of of season two of that show and things are very, very different in that show going forward. I, um, I think it's worth checking out uh, if if you if you liked any of what they were doing in in the first two seasons, or if you'd like the characters at all. Well, I think the, the way you describe the first two seasons pretty much mirrored my thoughts exactly. Great cast, and there were some neat ideas, but I think they were stumbling a little bit because there was. They, they a little too far removed from what made Star Trek, Star Trek. But mm-hmm. as I was watching it into season two, it was coming back and I was getting yeah. more into it towards the end. And I wanted to see the next season, but, you know, it wasn't out yet. And I've been curious 
because some people just hate that film. They're allowed to. I get why they don't like yeah. it, but I was yeah. I was pretty intrigued by it. So there there are definitely things about it still that that I do not like. Um, yeah, some some of its its central sci-fi concepts. It's like yeah, that's you you invented that out of whole cloth. It's like that's that's right. not based in any sort of scientific theory at all. That's that's purely a plot device and doesn't mm -hmm. pretend to be anything else and that yeah. that bothers me a little because that's that's a little kind of not what star trek usually is yeah so that's that's still there but I'm like, yeah okay whatever um just accept it yeah um but yeah i the, i i agree things were getting a little better in season two um they they reintroduced the character of captain pike who had appeared yep. in uh, the original the pilot, pilot right? the original yeah. pilot of the original series, and uh, and then again in a, a two-parter that reused most of that footage. Um, and he's great. And there's a, a spin-off series because they 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 built the set at at the end of of season two of Discovery. You see, it's it's the bridge of the Enterprise, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all all done up, you know, completely modern, but also instantly recognizable as the bridge of the Enterprise. It's like this like is the, the same ship yeah. that that we saw Shatner on, you know, back in the '60s. It just they had a budget to build it, and it, and it looks much more convincing. But it was, is it was a moment. Um, but does it so, have like the whole alien Prometheus problem where <laughs> alien clearly has nineteen seventies computers and <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> Prometheus Most, mostly not <laughs> like okay, like mostly the, not. Um, but no, the there, issue there, with prequel things. Yeah. Um, so uh, there 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 is now a a show called Strange New Worlds. Uh, mm. Featuring the adventures of the Enterprise and Captain Pike and a slightly younger Spock, so this is, you know some some years before you know Captain Kirk took command of of that mm -hmm. ship, um, and I love that 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 may have been my favorite bit of Star Trek this year. It is it is like old Star Trek in all the best ways. Yeah, still has some modern sensibilities. It was it was a lot of fun and hopeful and touching and adventurous. And, it's exciting it's, it's all there the trailer looked amazing and i was like that was high on my list of things i want to see i just don't have a way of seeing it right now yeah. but yeah that one i was very excited about it 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 spoke to the guy in me that grew up watching the original the original series yeah. i watched it and the original doctor who and the original Battlestar galactica as a kid and i loved them all for all <laughs> their flaws yeah the the funny thing I like about this is that like the this prequel thing with bringing Pike back, like because before we were recording, I talked about Prey and how I haven't gotten around to watching it yet. Yeah. Um, but the the cool thing that people have talked about with the idea of a Prey being a prequel to, I mean, like it's you could like, a prequel is a is not the best word because it's not like it just takes place before the other Predator movies take place. Yeah. But right. it isn't like it isn't like there's a solid lore in yeah. all this. Um, it's yeah. just like. Uh, predator comes to town hunts people um, yeah we still yeah. literally don't know anything yeah. more about predator at this point yeah. like it and, didn't add anything to the character yeah. and we can keep it that way that's, that's i okay. like that i yeah. agree um <laughs> and and the thing is like but you know star trek has such a rich like mass of time in which they it, can do stuff that yeah. like you know like and prey was like a lot of things people are talking about with the fact that we were able to see a pre-colonial like um america be a be a setting for a for a predator movie like we could have a predator movie happen at any time mm -hmm. at, at any and like i kind of like the idea of like i don't know like uh you could pick like a particularly weird time in history like you they could be in like seventh century siberia yeah <laughs> yeah and like that would be 
something interesting yeah um, absolutely. Like, you know yeah. or anything like that so like and i think that the fact that they're going that way i mean they have established lore in star trek to work with but that doesn't they mean do. that there isn't like a place that they can't play around with, so. and they they have actually really pushed the envelope with that in the last couple of years they've, they've got a, a much broader span of time in which they can work and you know it's, yeah. yeah even considering the 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 periods they have so uh you know chase you mentioned enterprise a little bit ago and so that's that's in the 22nd century that's that's like 100 years before you know kirk and spock and that's yeah that was bacula right yeah yeah okay yeah <laughs> i only mentioned it because it's the of all the series that have ever been made it's definitely the one i remember getting the most shade yeah people did it, not like that, it, that one. it did and i i think it's underappreciated actually i i really liked it i thought it never quite lived up to its potential but it doesn't deserve all the flack it gets, not by half. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a full episode of it. I did, admittedly, not to sound like a whiner, had a real hard time getting through the theme song. Yeah, <laughs> you and you and a lot of other people. <laughs> That's a real thing, though. It, it is. Yeah, I was like, yes. but yeah, yeah. But yeah. that that yeah. happens. I feel you. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, I guess the oh, did you have another controversial thing that happened to him? So uh, this this is a very minor one. So call okay. call this a footnote. Um, okay. So toward the beginning of the year, maybe maybe end of last year, there was there was a tweet from Kermit the Frog. Oh right, yes. That said, you know, you know, you know, Muppet fans, it's it's been kind of a kind of a dry period. There there's not been a whole lot coming out of them in the last few years. There were a couple of movies. That, eh, eh. Um, but you know, it said, you know, you guys are going to see more from the Muppets this year than ever before. To which Tough Pigs, a Muppet fan site, from their Twitter account responded, "We're going to hold you to that frog." Well, <laughs> well, here we are. It's uh, it's very late December, and there's been almost nothing from the Muppets this year. There is a project in the works that is now coming out next year. Mm. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol got a song back. That's, yes, that's about all yeah. I, I can remember that and happened this year. That 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 is the only big thing that has really happened that's got any visibility outside of production mm. this year. And I'm delighted for that. That's also a little bit controversial. Um, mm. So the 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 song uh, when love is gone was cut from the original theatrical release at the behest of Jeffrey Katzenberg, apparently. Um, I don't remember the song at all. Okay, that's not true. I kind of remember it existing, but only vaguely. Director Brian Henson got it put back for the home video release, lost lost the fight to have it in the film in theaters, but it had been on VHS and a number of the DVD releases for several years. It hasn't been on Blu-ray except as a, a special feature, but because it was produced for VHS, it's got the sides chopped off and it's a much lower resolution. About two years ago, in the middle of the pandemic, somebody at Disney found the actual film elements. I, I don't know if it was the, the inner positive or what, but something close enough to the original camera negative, if if not that, that, hey, we can we can do this, we can restore it, we can put it back in full resolution at, at the original aspect ratio and all of that. That is now available on Disney+. Plus. You have to dig into the extras tab from the movie page to find it. And there's been not a peep about a disc release of any kind. Sometimes, mm. I, sometimes I wish streamers would just basically like when you click the movie, you basically get a DVD menu. Like I yeah. feel like yeah. that's what ought to just happen, but 
apparently that's not what we're doing. Um, so I'm, nice. I'm delighted that that's there and it's available. And I, I did watch it a few days ago, but I'm, guys, you're, you're Disney. You could have done this better. Well, as, so as, as you guys are Muppet fans, I mean, I like the Muppets just fine, but I'm kind of weird with Muppets. I think the best Muppet movie was Muppets from Space. So I'm definitely <laughs> no, weird. That, that, that is my favorite Muppet movie. Um, that makes I won't you both call, weird. I won't for, call for it the, the best one, but it's my favorite one. For the record, that, that does make you both weird, but that's okay. <laughs> well, that's okay. So, so my question to you guys, since you guys are definitely more pronounced in your uh, love of all things Muppet, uh, how would you feel if that became something where there were smaller limited releases on a streaming service where you like they make like a 30 minute short that's all about like another adventure of gonzo or something that's instead of having to worry about making a massive one with the entire cast they could do short form things kind of like what's happening with star wars where they just focus on one or two characters would that be the future or do you think you still want other big ensemble cast movies so for a while there statler and wardoff would waldorf um, yeah waldorf sorry statler and waldorf would um i'm just not saying that right today anyway um they would review movies on youtube yeah Um, that's that's been a kind of a a weird touchy subject because yeah there there were changes in the performers over the course of that run and and yeah Um, Anyway, what I'm saying is like I did kind of like that. Um, yeah. The it was an okay the, idea that they would show up. I mean, I I enjoyed that, but that was like not exactly an evergreen kind of thing. It yeah. was because they were reviewing movies that were popular. I mean, like they reviewed the 40 year old Virgin. I mean, like, that tells you how long ago this was. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know. So there's a way. There's a mechanism in which that works. So like, do I do I want like the origin of Miss Piggy as a TV series? Not really. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Um, but you know if we've got a whole parody series of like Emily in Paris, that's piggy in Paris. Yeah. I'd probably watch that. Um, <laughs> I, like, I would or, watch a half dozen episodes of that. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you know, not, not like a whole ongoing thing, but I mean, yeah. the Muppets, but I mean, like if it's just like a 30 minute short form, I mean, yeah. Yeah, if it's, yeah. yeah. Even before the Muppet show, I mean, you know, Sesame street, they, they did. Okay. Here, here are these little scenes with, with the Sesame street Muppets sure. and, and mm-hmm. the, you know, salmon friends was a, a short form television show. Uh, a weird it, thing on it, SNL back in the first season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the land of Gorch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was a big question whether they could make a feature film work. And so uh, you, you can find this out there. It's not, not hard to track down, but they, they went, you know, while they were filming the Muppet show, just, you know, Jim Henson, and Frank Oz went out and shot some test footage outdoors and they were just, you know, riffing with each other about, Hey, there's, there's a cow out in the field and here's Kermit and Fozzie and just, just talking about it. So is, is this going to work at all? Is, is it going to photograph okay? And I mean, mostly it has. They don't need to do movies, you know, great big feature films all the time. They can do other smaller stuff. Um, and, and they have here and there. Um, and, and what is coming is a television show. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So we'll, we'll see, you know. Do you know any more about the specificity of this TV show or just that it's a show? It is called Muppets Mayhem and focuses primarily on the Electric Mayhem. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. That's the band, right? With that's, like that's Animal and all them. Yep, Doctor yeah. Teeth and and Animal and Floyd Pepper, Zoot. Janice, Zoot, Zoot. Sometimes so that sounds pretty interesting to me. I, I well, and as you guys said earlier, uh, Jim Henson Company that's owned by Disney now, right? Yeah. No. 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 Jim Henson. No. Yeah. The, the Jim Henson are Company Disney, is yeah. a separate thing. Yeah. Yeah. Disney oh, so owns. Disney owns the Muppets, capital M Muppets. The Jim Henson Company is a separate thing. They're actually working with Apple on uh, Fraggle Rock Productions. That's oh, okay. that's okay. been a thing. 
Um, and this is why Dark Crystal was on Netflix. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, and yeah, uh, Sesame is is still its its own separate thing. Yeah, there's there's a whole whole mess about you know uh, Jim Jim Henson wanted to sell them up at Disney. He thought that would be a good fit. You know, over thirty years ago, you know, before he died, was trying to make that happen and. Yeah, at, at some point, you know, executive probably Eisner at that point said, okay, let's talk about Sesame. Let's let's get them in here. And and Jim Henson just says nothing, just slowly, quietly stands up and walks out. Hmm. So they've they've had distribution deals, which which saw you know the Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppet Treasure Island. They didn't own the Muppets at that point. Uh, that was that well, was just fair. distribution and production, you know. If Eisner ever wanted to buy something from me, I'd probably leave the room too. That guy sucks. <laughs> he's like the worst. Like he was great for Disney in the eighties, but he did everything he could to ruin the company in the nineties. So yeah, and Lord yeah. knows they're doing great right now. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, they are and they aren't. But uh, all right. So to finish off this question, um, I'll be quick with mine. Uh, so the big controversial thing that probably happened in the film world was Gene Dealman topping the BFI list. Um, which mm. is the three <laughs> hour and change movie about Gene Dillon, who, you know, makes potatoes and has conversations with their sons. It's very real time. It's a good movie in a lot of ways. It's just a hard movie to recommend because it's got a lot of not a lot going on. And, and, uh, and so like that kind of, kind of caused a stir with the, uh, the film guys that look like me. Um, and um, <laughs> I'll admit it, um, but I have no problem with it. I think it's, it makes a lot of sense to me because ever even I saw that movie like five years ago and I still think about it monthly. <laughs> so, I mean like that, that says something um, yeah. that was like a big one because the fact that that was over like vertigo and citizen Kane, it's Tokyo story. There are a lot of, a lot of film bros that were just up in arms about this. Um, and, but it, it doesn't really bother me. I think it's, I think it's cool that um, things are changing. Um, and, um, but the, I think the weirdest controversy that I saw, and I think Chase probably has some feelings about this is, um, and, and Tim is aware of this, um, is, uh, is how, how Halloween ends went. Um, yeah. And there's, mm. yeah, a lot of people were not a fan of how it went. Um, and I, and and Tim and I like we like probably liked it better than other people did, um, but we weren't like in love with it. Um, yeah, I, I um, didn't hate I, it. Couldn't bring yeah. myself to hate it. Yeah, I, like, I didn't but, hate it. But what were they really trying to accomplish here? It feels like they changed Agreed. directions a half a dozen times over the course of the runtime. <laughs> and, and I think for me, if they had, if that was the second movie or the first movie um, in this, like how like the David Gordon Green stuff, I think it would have been probably a little bit better received but here's uh. this is my this is my hot take about it not maybe not a hot take but so when halloween 3 came out and didn't have michael myers in it a lot of people were really pissed off about that for years and yeah. then it wasn't until like in the last 10 years that halloween 3 really picked up and became like its own thing i would not be surprised if that's what happens with this movie in less time than that, actually, I bet it could happen in five years because people are going to be aware about it and they're going to be ready for it. Yeah. As opposed to, because like I think the biggest problem is that we all had after Halloween Kills, we kind of had this expectation of what things were going to be, and then that was uh. it. And and I liked that, but I also know that other people did not, and I understand that. So like I think, yeah, that's that that was probably the biggest. Well, thing that I, I, saw. I would say you know to not go too far into it, but. The biggest problem with the last Halloween movie is that it was a Halloween movie. 
mm-hmm. because it feels like it was a very interesting script about some guy who's going through a trauma and becomes a killer over time. It feels like it was a script that was written and then they tried to rewrite it to make it a Halloween movie. Yeah. And kind of like how the hurt. Joker is. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like, exactly like that. And that weird, because yeah. there was a lot of good ideas, but the fact that it wasn't a Halloween movie and we went to see a Halloween movie was kind of a problem for me. But I'd mm-hmm. also say another big issue with it is I might be the only one who thought this, but I thought uh, the Halloween, the second Halloween of the new ones that came out, I thought that was a perfect end to the story. Oh, because no, they, I, they said, he, he, they said he I thought it essentially immortal. He's coming back. This is kind of like an eternal thing. And you just see what was happening going on with Jamie Lee Curtis's family and everything. And I was like, it felt like that was the end. And that's why when I saw the trailer for the new one, I was like, wait, they're making another one? Because I thought it was done. Mm-hmm. When I saw the third one, I was like, oh, it's they didn't make a third one because they had a plot for the third one. They just wanted the money. And they had a different script. To, and they said, let's call this a Halloween film. Yeah. I, 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 issue. I don't know how they were going to end it. Um, but I guess I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Andrew. Like, I'm not mad about it. But at the same time, I was like, I totally had a, to- a different scenario in my head and it was because most of their movies any halloween movie are fairly predictable so you kind of already have a formula and then they're like no forget about that we're doing something different so i couldn't have enough time as i was watching it yeah to really process and feel how did i actually feel about it and i think it's time for me to rewatch it so i can actually yeah we should do all three in a row yeah exactly now that i don't have to wait a year or whatever between each film we can do it all in a row yeah yeah and I think if you're like with that ahead, like it won't be as when you know about it coming, it's not as weird. I don't know. Yeah. And that could be. Well, it, yeah, and I'm, I'm not be. saying that makes it better per se, but it definitely changes something. But I would also say if if I'm trying to be fair, and if you look mm-hmm. at the vast majority of sequels, not just to Howling, but to the Friday Thirteenth and the yeah. Elm Streets, and you look at the vast majority of sequels and and uh, the Hellraisers. It's actually not that bad in the scheme of slasher sequels because it's a mm-hmm. competently made movie with interesting stuff, which is more than you can say for most of the sequels. Uh-huh. Especially those so, Hellraiser movies. And I think, the, I think what really also hurt was that since I liked these first two new ones so much that the disappointment hit me harder mm-hmm. because I think compared to most sequels, we didn't expect much. And so since I was getting so much from the previous ones, that could be it. So if I'm being fair, it's a good movie just... And better than most horror sequels. It's just not what I was holding it up to. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. Well, better than most horror sequels is an awfully low bar, guys. Right. It's a very low bar. Very true. Very low very bar. True. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will say that the there's nothing inherently wrong with the whole taking another story and putting it into an IP thing, like yeah. uh, like uh, yeah. what I think is probably the best Die Hard movie, um, Die Hard with a Vengeance, started out as a lethal weapon movie. So. We, we've actually, we we had yeah. this discussion because uh, we were talking about the first one, how the Christmas movie thing, and I said, yeah, everyone should watch it, but I always say Die Hard Vengeance is the best of them all. Yeah, I the like one. leaps and bounds. It's pretty good. And when yeah. you said, I didn't know it used to be a weak open script, but you can tell when you, you think can tell. about it. You're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a great film, though. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and the thing is, um, I don't think until like Die Hard Five, um, I think, it, it, but that was the first one that was written as a Die Hard movie originally, because the first Die Hard is based off of a, a sequel to a, a book, book, yeah, yeah. Um, from this book called The Detective. So with with a John McClane esque character, mm-hmm. and that movie was made into a movie with Frank Sinatra, and Frank Sinatra was actually offered to be John McClane because of this, because that was part of his contract. He didn't take it. So think about that for a second. Um, 
And so, and then that morphed into what Die Hard is. And then the second one was also another thing. This was just an airplane disaster movie that they threw John McClane. With a shockingly similar plot to the first Die Hard. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Um, So the third one was supposed to be a lethal weapon movie. The fourth one is based off of some tech article. Um, And yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And and then the fifth one was the first one actually written to be a Die Hard movie, and no one liked it. So, like, <laughs> that's so, the only one I yeah. haven't seen because the fourth yeah. one is Live Free Die Hard, right? Yeah, With I think so. Jason, yeah. J- Jonathan Long, Jason Long, what's his yeah. name? Jason, the guy who gets turned into Tusk. Justin Long, Justin Long, who, who was surprisingly wow. in Barbarian yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That guy's in way more horror films than you realize. King's Game. Yeah. He's sure. the low key. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing when things do that. Like, um, as as much as like, as much as Wednesday really was just Harry Potter with Adam's family IP. I mean, yeah, very much. but yeah. it, like, I still enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw the first episode. I was like, oh, OK, it's just Harry Potter. Gotcha. Yeah. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I don't really have problems with that per se, but sure. it does definitely. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 we'll just say that. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Who else has got a question? Okay. Okay. Ooh. I'll go. I'll go if you if you if you need time. Oh no! Go for it, please. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, in keeping with my previous mention of mystery science theater, mm-hmm. say a good thing and a bad thing about your fandom, and you get a ram chip. Ooh. You get a what? You get a ram chip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way, some way back in the early joke. days. Yep. Yeah, yep. No, some people yep. will get that joke, some won't. Um, some some will okay. not. That's that's yeah. that's completely okay. Yeah. Something good and something bad. Yeah. Um I'd say the good thing is I like that nowadays there we're getting stuff a little bit more contemporary. Mm-hmm. It's not the assumption that if you're watching it, it's going to be some 1940s black and white mm-hmm. terrible film. Like you're getting a lot more modern stuff, which I do appreciate because their their form of humor is good in all genres. I like that. I'd say the part that I don't like is even though there's always a charm and something to love about their easily done uh, scripted sequences between movie watchings, I would say they've arguably gotten worse to the point where they're, I, I kind of roll my eyes and I don't even want to be in the room while that part's happening. And that started when they did the Netflix ones with, uh, well, I can't remember his name. The, Jonah. No. Yeah, Jonah? The, that one comedian. Um the nerdy comedian that everyone knows. He was also in the Veronica Mars season four. Oh my gosh, I have no idea. So he played one of the villains in the MST3K on Netflix. Um, but oh. I thought that's when it started. Oh, Pat Oswalt. Pat Oswalt. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I'm so bad with names. I, I find those inner scenes went from being just fun little goofy skits to being kind of dread that I want to just watch the movie. I'd say that would be my good and bad. Maybe you needed an unknown. I mean, like, I think part of the reason why that goofy stuff probably worked for you before is because you don't really like these are just dudes from Minnesota. Yeah, yeah that's, there's there's yeah. some truth to that. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll give that. I don't know if Lily has much to say because I think she's only seen part of an well, MST. It, it doesn't have to be necessarily about Mr. Science Theater. It could be yeah. just what, yeah. Yeah. your fandom in general. Oh, of our fandom. Yes. Oh, of our, oh okay, specifically. Um, I don't know. It's kind of weird uh, to say because I, I think I touched on it earlier with like the Lord of the Rings stuff. Yeah. It's so funny because I want to watch more stuff about it, like about the world and everything. And yet here I am complaining that it's straying from its original source a lot Mm. of times. And, but I think I just need a focus and I, it's hard for me to like really, and it's just a personal thing, Mm. um, allow something to be creative 
mm-hmm. and and not something that I, the reason why I fell in love with it. And so I was just like, what if I pretend I don't know much about Lord of the Rings and it's just like another show that I could potentially love. So it's more of an inner um, turmoil thing that I have. So it's like a love hate when new material comes out. I love it, but I also kind of hate it. So it's kind of a two for one I think. Okay. Uh, reasons. Okay. Yeah. I think a yeah. lot of fans have that problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Particularly I, when, when there is source material involved. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I would say that my, with that, for me, with my fandom is as a comic book fan and also my favorite character being Moon Knight, we got oh, my yeah. Moon Knight show in March. That's right. And if there was ever something to perfectly describe good and bad at the same time, it was that. I mean, as excited as I was that now people actually know that there is a character with that name and don't give me a dumb cow stare when I mention it. That's nice. But it's always hard when they take something you care about so much and they adapt it because even with the best intentions of being as unjudgmental as possible, they're always going to do something that pisses you off. And this mm-hmm. happened a lot. Yeah. And so when all the, all my friends were like, Oh, I watched, it, I really liked it. And I want to say, I'm so happy you guys liked it. It was, it was nowhere near as good as it should have been. I think the issue with you and I kind of saw it a lot. It was because people were like, now I know why you like it. <laughs> and you're like, but that's not even how it is. Mm, yeah. Like, yeah. No, I feel five that. Hour show, there was maybe 45 minutes of right. stuff that was I've actually read before, and most of it was just new. And some of the new stuff was great. Some of the stuff they changed was great, but man, that it made it difficult. I've always, I've always judged people. like, you know, you need to be more relaxed with adaptations. And then it hit me, and I was like, damn. I now know what it feels like to kind of get the rug pulled out from underneath you. Oh man, I love this. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm, The the thing mm -hmm. you just said about, uh, about like if people had come up to me about like Ghostbusters Afterlife and said, oh, I can see why you like Ghostbusters so much right now. I would be like, no. (laughs) Oh my God. I can't even talk to you right now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So Welcome much. to the club, folks. Yeah. I've been saying this since 2009 when J.J. Abrams released a Star Trek film. Yeah. Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been hard, I think, for a lot of fans. Uh, you are, I see you. <laughs> I <laughs> understand what you're talking. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it also kind of makes you wonder, like, at least with this, it kind of makes you wonder when the people are adapting it, are they more focused on just they kind of have a story they want to tell and they'll pull, you know, pick specific yeah. stuff they want? Or are they actually reading it and what they're enjoying is so drastically different from between person A and person B? I mean, it's weird. It's kind of like to bring it to Star Wars. I, I read something on Reddit the other day where someone was just whining. And he said, I hate that Star Wars fans don't like Star Wars if there's never been a lightsaber in it. Like they won't watch a show without Jedi. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because I never thought about it, realizing that most Star Wars stuff really does have Jedi. That's such an iconic part of it. And it made me realize is what you love the Jedi, or do you still, or do you feel like what you love is missing because it doesn't include the Jedi? And I think it made me wonder what it was I love about things help me realize is that ever realistic to assume they're going to be able to translate that into another medium yeah and i guess that's a weird thing yeah no that makes sense no it makes sense um one of my big problems with uh the mummy movies is uh with either of them like um uh is they made them into adventure movies um which (laughs) i was like this was perfectly good as a as a horror genre thing guys um the og zombie Yeah. yeah like um and so like yeah no i totally feel you like um and, but at the same time, people really like it that way. So I, I don't know. It's 
Yeah. And I think this is why you and me are at odds because I hadn't seen the original one when I saw I saw the Brandon Fraser one in theaters and I want to say it was 98, 97, 98. Yeah, that's all I remember is it came yeah. out within a month of Mission to Mars because we were when we Ooh. went to the theaters, we were deciding between which one we wanted to see the mummy instead. <laughs> and it, I loved it. It's it is arguably my favorite movie, not because it's amazing, but for some reason I could watch it any day. Night, day, sick, happy, sad, doesn't matter. I can always watch that movie. And I love it. And it's so funny that you're like, I didn't want it to be an adventure movie. And I was like, but that's what I loved about it. It was, yeah. it was a new Indiana Jones to me. And, and um, I get that. I understand that. <laughs> um, yeah, just like, that's why it didn't like click with me at first. Yeah, um, yeah. I, if I look at it as like an adventure movie with mummies. Mummies in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like then cool. <laughs> then, and then, I, then I get it. Um, but, um, and to be fair, like they the later mummy movies that universal made were, I don't know. They, they were still horror films. Their, their adventure aspect wasn't very adventurous, um, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I don't know. So like, but it's that lightsaber thing. Like, do I yeah. like, why? Like I, like, I want it to be, it, the thing is though, like you can be an action adventure movie and still be a monster movie. Sure. sure. So oh, yeah. that, that's where I had to like learn my lesson was like, you're going to be a monster movie and not be a horror film. Um, hmm. and like that was you know Godzilla is you know they're not really horror movies I mean eh. I mean uh, the first one is yeah. a whole allegory and such and in, in the yeah. sense that it's a horror film but I mean the later ones that are wrestling matches basically are not horror movies <laughs> um, yeah. and so like in Shape of Water isn't really a horror movie it's a good monster movie though but yeah. I mean so like there's yeah. so I had to like realize that monster movies aren't specifically horror films um, right. it can be it's like own separate thing so that's true. Yeah, yeah. Most of them are, though. I was trying to think of other monster movies that aren't horror. Mm-hmm. I thought Trollhunter. I'm like, yeah, it's still kind of horror, though. Yeah. I, you could, like, um, The Iron Giant is actually a pretty um, good example of yeah, a, what, that's a good, that's what, a what is basically example. a monster movie, but isn't a horror movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. E.T. is also, in a lot of ways, a monster movie, but not, but he's like a nice monster. Um, right. That movie terrified me as a child. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there are some terrifying scenes in it that are still terrifying. Yeah. And we talked about and that. And we talked about that this like summer. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember that episode, um, actually. Yeah, yeah. So for, for me, um, yeah, high-profile science fiction franchises. Good things. Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Bad things. <laughs> Star Wars, The Book of Boba Fett. Oh. oh. Yeah. I'm gonna agree with you on that. Yeah, I I didn't actually hate it, but so much of it was just a, what are you actually doing here? What's what's the deal? Why are why are we interested in this character at this point? Mm-hmm. Nothing of the little we've known about him prior to this suggests any of this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't terrible. It was just such a head scratcher. I'd say I only made it three episodes in before I decided I was going to use my time elsewhere, which broke my heart because I was really into the Mandalorians and I was going for it. And I grew up loving both Bo with that, like a lot yeah. of people did. Um, it didn't cool. do anything for me. And I, I don't know exactly why. I was kind of bored. It felt a little slow. Like like you said, it didn't know what it was doing. But another thing, and I'm trying not to crap on an actor, but the guy who plays Bo Fett, who also played Jane Fett in the prequels, I yeah. just don't find him very interesting on camera he can't sell anything to me and so i just find him so uninteresting to watch that it just couldn't get me anywhere and i felt that way every time i see him on screen yeah i didn't have that problem but i i hear what you're saying 
Yeah. And Tim, which is is Cronenberg isn't in the Star Wars stuff. He's in Star Trek stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Cronenberg okay. is is a recurring character on Discovery now. Okay, okay. But Werner Herzog is in Star Wars stuff. Yeah, uh, he was in the Mandalorian. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. They 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 killed him off, but yes. Yeah. Well, okay. So they, <laughs> yeah. The best Werner Herzog has ever been was he did uh the intro to the Madagascar Penguins of Madagascar. Oh yeah. Voiceover I, at the beginning. Yeah. I don't care about the rest of the movie, yeah. but the intro to that movie was phenomenal. I think the whole movie was great, but <laughs> that man, oh, that man more than I thought I could. Yeah, his he has a cameo on I think it was Parks and Rec, where he like <laughs> talks about how I'm going to move to my favorite place in the world, Walt Disney World. And just <laughs> just to hear him talk about like being happy is just so in like just it's just so bizarre and i just i love it it sounds like he's about to cry at the time yeah Yeah. totally yeah um somewhere i think it's paul f Tompkins like reads a thing like describing going to a trader joe's as (laughs) Werner herzog that's worth checking out Um, I didn't mean to derail us to. to no, 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 Herzog, so, but, so you're telling me that yeah. the director Cronenberg is actually showing up in the Star Trek show. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. And uh, so, so is Paul F. Tompkins, actually. Yeah. Well, voice of Paul F. Tompkins, well, but yes. Quick aside, and I, I don't mean to get off track. Have any of you guys seen Cronenberg's son movie Possessor? Because I haven't, but I want to. I have. It is something. Um, <laughs> is, it worth yeah. my, is it worth a rental? Uh, it's worth a rental. No, I, okay. I enjoyed it a lot. I really um, want to see it. I heard yeah. good things. And yeah, I, and I saw Crimes of the Future this year, which wasn't you know wasn't Dave's best, but it was still like interesting, and it was still very Cronenberg. Okay. Um, and so it was a nice true to form after you know return to form because you know at, don't get me wrong, I really liked Eastern Promises and uh, History of Violence and all of his like you know gritty crime movies that he made recently. But it was nice to see him return to body horror. Nice. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, you're not like the biggest sci-fi fan, but I think it's because it's more sci-fi action that you don't like. That's basically the thing. Yeah. I'm I'm just not that into action movies, to be honest. Right. Um, And I think that's just what it is. It's the action. Yeah. I get really bored. Like, I blame Quentin Tarantino and The Matrix on this. Um, I just, like, it's Kill Bill and The Matrix. I just, I don't, like, nothing is ever going to top those movies. So you can shoot all the guns you want. I will get bored. You can fight yeah. all you want. I'm going to get bored. Um, it's just like, they are my least favorite part of every Marvel movie. <laughs> um, it's just like... Same. That's like, my least favorite one. Uh, they're just like <laughs> fighting and there's so many like punches happening. I'm like, this is just kind of... It, it reminds me a lot of like Transformers or like something anime where they're just kind of mm-hmm. like running for three minutes until they yep. finally punch something. It could have been the same exact thing in my head. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't care. No one's talking. So oh, yeah. well. Yeah. So with, yeah. with that said, does that mean you think that existence is a better inception than inception? Because I, I do. don't know if I'd go that far. Um, <laughs> I I would not. I, I absolutely would not. I, I I think they both have their merits. Um, I think existence has a much more. Uh, I don't know. I think I think inception is a more universal thing, but um, in that everyone dreams. Um, but I think. Existence has a lot to talk about um, gaming and politics <laughs> that Inception does not. So um, they're they're saying different things, but they do have things in common. You are right. Um, two movies that I realized this year that are saying different things do have weird things in common are The Menu and Glass Onion. 
Um, you could actually probably watch oh. them together um, and you mm. might get something out of that. Um, just sorry, random things. Nothing to do with Inception <laughs> or David Cronenberg. But um, thing popped in my head. Um, so yeah. That's I want to see be our screwest episode ever. Yeah, <laughs> that's the point of this. That's the idea. Well, I really want to see Glass Onion because I love Knives Out, but I haven't seen the menu only because it's theaters only, no streaming. Available. It should be coming to streaming pretty soon. From what oh, okay. it looks great. The trailers made it look amazing. It's just getting to theaters is is not the easiest thing. Still, so. no, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I'm a food movie person. Like I've always been kind of a big fan of food movies, and it's a good food movie. So, have you seen Tan Popo? That's my favorite food that, movie. That is the weirdest like food movie I've ever seen, and I own it on Blu-ray. So yeah, I'm a fan. So good, so good. Yeah, it is so. It is like uh, that when I learned about it, they're like, it's kind of like a ramen western, and I'm like, what does that mean? Um, that I still mean? don't know. I still don't really know what that means. Um, but because it's like the movie, it's worth checking out. It's like a, a woman wants to start a ramen place, and Ken Ken Watanabe is there. Um, but there's also like this gangster who's like really into food with his girlfriend and it's like this really weird through line throughout the movie. And then there's kind of like these Rocky-esque training sequences. <laughs> it's uh, it's in Japanese. It's very, okay. it's uh, okay. very of its time, but it's definitely worth checking out. Um, <laughs> it, I think it was described to me when I, before I first saw it as um, a depiction of Japanese obsession with both food and American style cinema tropes put together. Yes, that's it's, that is exactly it's yeah. brilliant. I, I, so I actually downloaded it through YouTube because somebody uploaded it. So I don't. I've been meaning to show it to Lily, but we have mm -hmm. to get like sushi that day so oh, that yes. we can just feel it. But yeah. yeah, anyone who hasn't seen it should see that movie. It's probably one of the greatest Japanese films of all time. Yeah, and not a Japanese movie. More Chinese and Korean leading. Um, that it, uh, everything everywhere all at all at once this year. Oh yeah, um, mm -hmm. has. If you like Tempopo, you're probably going to like that because it has that similar kind of style, oh, nice. st like a kind of like bonkers genre recklessness. <laughs> um, yeah, it's on, it's on my to watch list. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Um, and being a guy who like tries to watch the movies that I think are going to get nominated for Best Picture, I've, that movie came out way earlier this year and I've been yeah. comparing everything that I've seen to it and I still don't think anything's really beat that for me yet oh um, so you think it do you think it's actually contender to be nominated oh i'm pretty sure it'll be nominated i don't know if it'll win because it came out so late in the, so yeah. early in the school so yeah, early in the year i know i was at the school year yeah sorry sorry guys um but yeah so it came so early in the year and sometimes that momentum thing is hard although size of the lambs came out i think in february and it won so yeah, um, no, it's possible. Yeah, so it's a possibility, but like that's I expected to be nominated. I have no idea if it'll win or not, but that's hard to tell at this time. So, yeah. Cool. All right, Is that did we cover that question? I, I think I, we have. I think so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, it's you two now. So, what you got? So right. I so the question that I had, um, I got to lead into it. So it's obvious that ever since streaming services came about a lot of prolific movie directors and whatnot, Tarantino, Nolan, and even, you know, Scorsese, I've been very upset about the streaming platform as a medium yeah. saying it's destroying movies. And I read an article recently about how the biggest issue they're running into with Academy Award nominated movies is they can't get people to go see them in theaters, yeah. that they're not doing well in theaters and they're spending a lot of money to win an award, but no one's seeing them. Mm -hmm. So I know it's controversial and it goes throughout everything, but specific to, our interest with horror i believe that every genre and every type of movie should be kind of viewed independently mm -hmm. and looking at the last year in movies it's pretty apparent to me that i think the future of the horror genre is almost exclusively streaming for streaming services 
that outside of October where people go to see horror movies for Halloween, I don't think as many people are actually seeing horror films and more people who like horror are just as interested in just seeing them in a streaming service. So the question is, do you guys think that the future of the horror genre is predominantly through streaming and it is one of the first genres that is going to leave movie theaters behind? So I think the first genre movie that's going to leave movies, but that's going to leave theaters behind will probably actually end up being the mid-budget drama. Um, the mid-budget, mm-hmm. the mid-budget comedy has basically gone to streaming now too. Um, yep. But the uh, horror, I think, so here's the thing. I will have a better answer for this when we see how Evil Dead Rise does because Evil Dead Rise was supposed to come out this year. Um, Mm -hmm. But then, in a stunning thing with this whole stuff that's been going on with Warner Brothers, they were like, actually, let's see how this does in theaters Um, instead of putting it on HBO Max, which was the original plan. So, and considering how well Scream did this year, so like, like, so it depends on, I think it's going to be harder for unestablished IP yeah, I, I guess that's a, um, another fact about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, Barbarian did really well. Um, Very well. Forty seven so, million. Yeah, and and there was another ho- and Smile did Smile really, did really well. <laughs> like yeah. um like and so and yeah, that was kind of around Halloween time for that. But the yeah. so I don't know. It depends on like if Evil Dead Rise does particularly well in April, I think is when it comes out. Um, then I think because that's in a sense, an established IP, but we haven't had a new Evil Dead movie in over 10 years, and or at least, or maybe about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, that'll say something. That'll, that will, I'd have a better answer for it when that happens. But yeah, I think, but I think the majority of horror things go straight to streaming and that's what Shudder is for. Um, well, and the, one of the reasons that I was mentioning it was, you know, everyone was talking about X and Pearl and their box office draws were terrible. Most well, of their money was done... Yeah. Uh, online so like pearl hasn't even broken 10 million and it yeah. was at 14 million but there's but that the box office mojo does not count streaming income yeah. and he's apparently made like a nine to uh and a one or whatever you call it increase in their profits just from streaming yeah and you know x is a hard one how do you get people to come see a movie about making a porno without them feeling a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. and and like you mentioned halloween ends and scream those were both huge box office draws but they were super established ips and when you get rid of their advertising budget and their giant cast budget you realize that their returns are way more in line with things like uh, barbarian uh, invitation things like that that have oh yeah i forgot about the invitation um a movie yeah. that should have just gone r-rated from yeah, yeah but anyway right um, yeah hmm. i don't know it's hard to say well, and then there's yeah. bodies, bodies, bodies. That oh, I saw that. Really, that one did really well in, on yeah. streaming, but it only made thirteen point nine million the box office. With cons- most of the cast was unknown. The only person they had was Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson, yeah. Money behind him, but yeah, we just watched that the other day, and I have to say, I hated it. Yeah, yeah. they are characters you are supposed to hate. Um, yes, and yeah. which is a very classic slasher thing to do, if, uh, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but uh, most of the movie yeah. was just them arguing. Well, yes. that's the whole point, you know. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of drama and stress and, like, and, and, and you know, pursuit or monster chasing or anything like that. It was just people arguing about what their relationship entailed in the past that you weren't a part of, but you hate the character, so you don't care what they did in the past with each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically I, it. I, I think a lot of it also comes from the, like, and I'm going to get, like, I don't mean to be, like, annoyed about this, is um, uh, the menu 
the menu is very eat the rich. Um, I don't have to like that doesn't spoil anything me telling you that bodies 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 is very much watch the rich eat themselves Mm. and that isn't as compelling (laughs) um, as an audience member Um, I I enjoyed bodies 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 for what it was Um, I I mean I doubt that it's kind of sequel proof in in a way um, but I don't know. I enjoyed what it was, but it wasn't my favorite thing of this. It was not my top five horror films. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same. What are your thoughts on the, uh, on that stuff, Tim? Yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot to add. Um, as, as Andrew mentioned, kind of the mid budget stuff is, is likely to leave theaters first because people are not going to theaters for that. And a lot of that, you're not really losing much yeah. without you know seeing it in in a theater. Um, yeah, you know, horror I think is a is a different critter. I mean, yeah, Shutter is a thing, and there's there's lots of streaming now. But I mean, like with some comedy, and 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 this is a little bit regrettable for you know the mid budget comedy having mostly left theaters. Yeah, there's there's something to be said for the communal experience. Yeah, you know, there's 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 tension in the room in a good horror movie and. And you can feel that and, and everybody's screaming or or laughing together. And that's that's worth something. How's horror gonna shake out with that in in the, the new landscape? I I don't really know at this point. I mean, yeah, lots lots of the, the smaller things, you know, mid-budget dramas, you know, that, that doesn't have, you know, like a Lawrence of Arabia where it's a big sweeping epic with you know big vista shots that okay, yeah, that, that works better on a big screen. A lot of these, it's it's fine on a you know reasonably sized television you know if and this this is something else i think i've i've mentioned here on the show um i heard where tom hanks was saying you know the first time he saw lawrence of arabia or like bridge on the river kwai it was on a television and this would have been an old television <laughs> yeah so you know okay sides of the movie chopped off you know really grainy low resolution from you know terrestrial broadcast may have even been in black and white when the movie was in color and it's still good yeah so it's like you know the the theater adds something there but good is still good yeah yeah i agree that's kind of like how i felt i don't know i guess i was very used to when i was younger to watch a lot of big movies on tv i never went to the movie theaters a lot so that's how like i got a lot of my old even jurassic park i saw on tv and i was blown away and i can only imagine what that was like in theaters but I, as far as like core movies, I I would say um, I don't think they're going anywhere. But I do think streaming services are going to use them to gain people. So yeah. they're going to be like a tool because they know people love horror movies. And with um, so many streaming services splitting at this point, they're just going to be like like ha- Halloween Kills or you know mm-hmm. the ha- Halloween franchise. They're basically using them to not put them in theaters so that they can get more subscriber well, and, and the halloween ends was both in theaters and streaming same day and we yeah. saw it through streaming because mm-hmm. we had yeah. we went over to a friend's house at paramount so i didn't feel the need to see that one in theaters and the new hellraiser was a hulu exclusive the new uh, text chainsaw was a netflix exclusive oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah and so all those were ones that you know they felt free to do that without the theater and, and i was kind of seeing so many sequels that went straight to prey that was a that was streaming cool. exclusive and and so I was like, this seems to be a profitable way to do it. I like so I think there's always gonna be okay, you don't have to watch horror films in the theater exclusively. Mm-hmm. Um there are like there are some movies that I think would even work better at home, like uh what was it, Unfriended? Mm-hmm. Like that is a movie that I think is better you watching it on a laptop in a dark room 
than right like yeah um, was that the one that took place during the pandemic through zoom no that was seance but that's another no, example that was another one. Like, yeah, yeah. But that, no but that's another example actually no not seance though that, yeah. what was that one host host that was it there is a seance but there's a different movie called yeah. seance yeah. So it's yeah. not that um but yeah host but yeah host is an yeah. example too i mean like that's mm-hmm. another one um but the thing is i think there are horror films that work better in the theater because of that dark darkness thing that's like hard for you to replicate mm-hmm. at home sometimes um but i mm-hmm. so the thing is like although they may not be making the money that they need all the time i mean a24 is still doing the house that freddie built universal monster kind yeah. of thing mm-hmm. where they're like um their horror movies are the things that kind of that make the money um and keep them going so i think it's still working in that sense and a24 doesn't have or a24 doesn't have a streaming service as of yet um, yeah give it time um but um <laughs> so so i don't know it's 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 hard to it's hard to say so right yeah i agree i just feel like most of our horror consumption this year was almost exclusively streaming a lot of I, it was yeah i went to the theater a lot for horror films but i also went at weird times like i think <laughs> I, like uh, like three Fifteen, um, like yeah. in the afternoon <laughs> on a Sunday, mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. or like I went to for Scream. I went to like the latest show, and there was like me and three other people in the theater. Yeah, that's um, a mess. Yeah, and if you want to talk about a movie that talks about fandom, that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, uh, we didn't even talk about toxic fandom, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, not, not not directly. No, I'm my own toxic fan, so I think yeah. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I do have a question though. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say so we did. Turn. Yeah. Oh, and so I know that we've talked about a lot of sequels that already came out, and we're kind of mm-hmm. either hating or loving them, despite our actual love for them. But which one do you wish a sequel for that hasn't happened for a movie oh. that you love in their fandoms or in it, within your fandom? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 Um, okay. So here's the thing. I was not all right. So Ghostbusters is my favorite movie. Yeah. I, and Tim and I, we reviewed Answer the Call, what is now called Answer the Call. Um, and, yeah. and and we were fine with it. We, it was a movie. Ghosts were busted. I yeah. laughed. It was enough. The, I, <laughs> yeah. uh, Afterlife yeah. was The Force Awakens and Ghostbusters. So it was just Ghostbusters again. Just yeah. now in Oklahoma. Mm. Um, here's the thing. Although I did not like Afterlife that much, if anything, it needed to be funnier. Um, not that it's not funny. It just could have used some jokes. Um, the... I am, however, very interested to watch a movie with those kid characters. Oh, um, again. okay. Like, I liked those characters. I hate that they went through the plot of Ghostbusters in Oklahoma um, because we <laughs> already had Ghostbusters and that plot did really well in New York. Um, we don't need mm-hmm. to do that plot again in another place, unlike a Predator movie. Um, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, and so, like, I'm very, I'm interested in seeing Phoebe and podcast and whatever Finn Wolfhard's name was um, like I'm interested yeah. to see more movies with them in in like and see them bust ghosts kind of like in the universe and then having their own thing kind of yes thing I'm yeah. I'm like I'm interested enough in those characters enough which is which was a but the thing is I, I was interested enough in the characters in Answer the Call too that I would have watched another movie with them because they were all four funny women right. um, <laughs> yeah. and and that's the thing that movie I will this is my big hot take is Answer the Call was a funnier movie than Afterlife. Um, and a lot of people would be would be mad that I said that <laughs> and whatever um, and and so like that's that is a sequel that I'm that is supposed to be happening um, I think it's okay. being called Firehouse and so like I, I am oh, interested cool. in that happening I a lot of the movies that came a lot of the horror films that came out this year are in a way sequel proof like, um, like yeah, they I, are 
Um, Barbarian is sequel proof, but that doesn't mean they can't have a prequel. Um, just a prequel would be a bit of a downer. Um, Smile could have a sequel. I don't want one, but they could. Um, like, yeah. so, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. And I'm very excited for the Scream sequel that's coming out in March. So, yeah, yeah. I'm always excited for those. Um, I am yeah. a big Scream fan. Yeah. And Jenna Ortega, this was the year of Jenna Ortega. She is Wednesday, just... X, and Scream. Like, yeah, she. But I'd argue, I think she earned it. Uh, She's I mean, it's not like, you know, you see bad and good roles and you're like, it's hitters. It's not like Chris Pratt, where you're like, you've got some hitters and then you got some stuff I didn't want to see. I, everything I've seen with her, she's great in it. Like, if I hear her name, I'm going to be like, oh, maybe I should watch this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. What about you, Tim? Uh, so it's hard for us sci-fi fans, I, isn't it? I was I was going to ask uh, Lily's question in regard to sci-fi. Um, oh, like, it, it, it or, can like, be. Yeah. Um, and I I I will I will bring sci-fi okay. into this. So Star Wars. Um, for for all that I've been for the most part very impressed with the guys who've been running Star Wars on television <laughs> for like fifteen years now. Uh, Dave Filoni and and now John John Favreau has been in the picture for a few years, starting with the Mandalorian. So, these people know how to do Star Wars and do it well, and it's it's exciting and fun. And and now they're they're doing Star Wars for grownups, not for kids. Yeah. With with things like Andor, and it's like okay, that's all cool. But this started as a feature film, and it was an amazing feature film. And okay, so those have been a mixed bag over the years, sure. But I am excited for the possibility of someday there being a good just just playing good no controversial no no quibbles like well this was garbage but the story was okay kind of hemming and hawing just a good star wars movie mm. again now do you want it to relate to the plots of the movies you've been or are you okay with it being its own thing different time or anything like that i am completely okay with it being something else i i think they've proven that this is a big sandbox that's got all sorts of weird little corners in it and you can tell all kinds of different stories um and and they have done you know in in the extended media and you know like the novels and and you know various computer games and and such over the years you know set it whenever just just make it fun make it interesting have some decent characters jedi no jedi whatever mm-hmm. you know there, there's there's so much they can do with this make make a good movie yeah I, I I agree with that sentiment a lot, actually. Still waiting, huh? Still waiting. <laughs> I thought the closest we got to that was Rogue One felt like the Star Wars movie I'd always wanted since I was a kid. And I was In a lot very ways, happy yeah. with it. And the only thing that sucked is you knew how it was going to end if you knew anything about Star Wars. And having that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not to use the, the old cliche, but the Titanic ending... It was mm-hmm. kind of sad because you didn't have the I don't know what's going to happen vibe. But apart from that, that was... That was the closest I got to having a Star Wars movie I'd always wanted, and I and I think they yeah, can do better. They, so, I, I thought they used that very well, though, because you know almost everybody going to see this would have seen Star Wars, yeah. in some form or another. And and by Star Wars, I mean Episode Four, A New Hope. Um, but there there were moments in the movie. It's like, wait a minute, I don't remember that. From, oh, oh, <laughs> and and there's that moment of realization in the movie yeah. about what's about to happen. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So, yeah. Oh, nice. Are there other sequels or is yeah. that the big one for you? That's that's the biggest one for me right now. I I mean there there's been talk off and on about a new Star Trek feature. I'm okay with there not being, honestly. Star Trek kind of comes from television originally mm-hmm. and they've been 
historically better at telling stories mm-hmm. there. Well, they have a, such a big universe. It's easy to just kind of yeah. maneuver. It's, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's been a Star Trek movie that captured me since First Contact, which I love. That's possibly my favorite, if not top three. But most of the ones since then that were take it or leave it or glorified episodes like Insurrection. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Insurrection was was very much like an episode. I liked that one. A oh, lot. I do too. There's, but... there's my controversial opinions. Like that that movie's got some some problems, and and the the cast and and director will will tell you so. And some of the effects are not finished. It's like, <laughs> hey, wait, why why is that all just blue? That was directed by uh, Franks, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonathan Franks yeah, directed that oh, one cool. as, 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 as well as. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Directed two of those those four features. Um, so I mean, yeah, uh, some of the movies are good. Some of them are okay. <laughs> some of them are not so good. How many Star so, Trek movies are directed by cast members? Um, <laughs> like four at least. Four. Okay. Four. All right. Exactly All right. four. That's impressive. Nimoy, Nimoy directed three and four, and then Frakes directed uh, eight. Oh and no, nine. you forget. No, Shatner did five too. So that there's five. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I. Kind of blacked that out. Yeah. Wait, five, five's the one where there's that guy. They're going to speak to God, right? And yeah. it ends with like all yeah. the rock pillars. Not God. And row, yeah. row, row your boat. Yeah. 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 They meet Spock's hippy dippy half brother who hijacks the ship to go find God at the center of the galaxy. Right. I haven't seen that one in a long time. Which is yeah. Which is not a bad concept, but the execution was so poor. What would God need with a spaceship? <laughs> pretty much nice i yeah yeah, i don't know like i think for me so i'm gonna just go back to horror is i really really want another witch like movie oh yeah um Mm. so because like like uh the ari aster witch or uh, or the witch well that's like two bees yeah, yeah, the, yeah. So wasn't the, that Ari Aster or no? Or was that no? That was Robert Eggers. Um, yeah, I don't remember the director's name. Yeah, the guy who no, mm-hmm. Ari Aster did um, Hereditary and Midsommar. No, I'm thinking of. Uh, oh, yeah, of, that's not the thinking, same guy. That I think of. Know. I think of Eggers who did um, who did The Witch and The Lighthouse and The North. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that guy. Yeah. that's the same person. Yeah, um, that house was great too. Yeah, that was a great movie. Uh, I don't know if I want a sequel of that, but I you want masturbation themes. I, I would be totally into uh, a Willem Dafoe spinoff movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what's he up to right now? That would be interesting. Just him being unhinged for an hour and a half, I'd be into that. Um, <laughs> so just pick a Willem Dafoe movie, got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was, I was, I was going to yeah. say, that's most Willem Dafoe right. movies. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah, so The Witch, I just, I found it so impressive that it was you know, I guess is historically accurate with its language and yeah. um, it, its attire and costume and all that stuff. It was just so impressive. And it also had a sprinkle of what could happen if witches were true were and were real in this like really early colonial setting, which is when they kind of started to really pop up again in the, well, in the United States. I mean, they already yeah. existed for many centuries yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, in Europe or whatever, but in the United States as they're kind of trying to make a home for themselves, but you really can't because you got witches. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I want another one. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I think yeah. that, about that but I, I would love more of that, you know, if they could remake the crucible, but do it like with balls, like that'd be like that. Yeah. 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 What's that like to live deliciously? Yes. <laughs> oh, Black Phillip. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, Black Phillip. So, 
with with me, that's a harder one to answer because then there are two sides. I have the things that could happen and the things that never would have happened. Mm-hmm. The things that never would happen is I would absolutely love to see another movie in the fifth element universe, but not the fifth element. So not like mm-hmm. a sequel. I want not a, not a sixth element, if you no, will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it doesn't have to have any of the same characters, but I thought that universe was so compelling, so deep, so amazing. And we had one movie and then we forgot it all existed. And that makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Right. I've always felt that way. I don't care if, um, well, I can't remember his name, the French guy who directed it. Uh, 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 Luc Yeah. He, uh, He's directed more movies I've disliked than liked, so I don't know yeah, if yeah, no, to direct it. Same for me, yeah. <laughs> totally. but like, to me, the Valerian had the highest potential to be a Fifth Element-like movie, mm-hmm. but I just hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, issues, yeah. And another sequel I'd love, I'd love to see a sequel to Serenity, and they could do something with the old people. Yeah. I'd always say that. Um, and also would have loved yeah, could they? But, I don't know. You don't think so? Well, I, I, I don't know. that. There's, there's, there's a lot of problematic you know inside baseball kind of and that's the thing there outside of the movie but the thing is i am interested like i wasn't really a big firefly person but however i would be like kind of how okay so think of it this way so if we look at it the way how black panther had to deal with not having their star anymore um yeah yeah and and i and i enjoyed that movie um i actually thought that like the subtext of that movie does kind of add more to it um, mm-hmm. But if you make a Serenity movie, he's not dead. But without Joss Whedon, what does that look like? And oh, you yeah, could absolutely. get something really neat out of that. Um, is the thing. Maybe. Well, I think I think the reason I'm originally when I saw that movie, I said Serenity is a perfect way to end it. I'm happy, mm-hmm. but yeah. Over the last year, I've become very aware of a different side of things, and that's being very aware of what happens around the world once people have died. Mm-hmm. And then it keeps going. And so yep. I've become more interested in stories where I'm learning what's happening to a world where important people are no longer there because mm-hmm. it's very interesting to me now. And that, that movie, I think, is perfect for it. Like, what happens in this world when a lot of the things that you want to be there, they can't be there because people have died? Mm-hmm. And it does the world keep going? And that interests me. So I think it would be a very different movie. And you're, like you said, it should be done without Joss Whedon because it needs to be different. But yeah, he could not give me more money. and That'd be okay too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I also really wanted to see Blow Camp's version of the Alien sequel to Aliens. Oh right, yeah. I really wanted that. I yeah. saw the pre-production stuff, and I am someone who defends all his movies. I just recently rewatched elysium i think it was way better than people said it was i thought chappie was better than people said it was everyone liked district nine which is good, i really uh, like all district nine was really good yeah um, i would love yeah. to see yeah i did. yeah yeah district nine was great elysium was not that's, as great that's the one i have i seen, so. was i i was not a fan of chappie there are and things I mean, about chappie i found interesting um yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean, I I feel like that all gets kind of lost in the noise. Yeah. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. I, feel- I do see the problems and complaints with both Elysium and Chappie, but when I rewatch them, I just realize that there's so much there to enjoy that I just don't see in so much ways. There's there's a lot of for the movie they're making that's there that all his mm-hmm. movies have that I just haven't seen in many movies recently that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I I feel like Chappie had a lot of love from D Antward yeah. for D Antward. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Which, hey, hey, uh, I'm a big fan. It was their yeah. biggest music yeah. video without them saying. Hey, uh, yeah. hey, uh, a bands uh-huh. on the uh-huh. real stealth film. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. To think of uh, Chappie as being D Antward's Hard Day's Night is uh, a weird thing to consider. Um, but in a, in a way, it is. They just don't sing in it. Um, uh, I, 
And there's Hugh and Jackman. And there's Hugh Jackman. And there's um, Hugh Jackman. Oh, gosh, yeah. Did, how did you feel about, like, I have grown on this movie since I've last seen it, but how did you feel about Ex Machina? The one with uh, uh, Elisa Vikander? Uh, yeah, Elisa yeah, Vikander, yeah. Um, uh, Oscar Isaac, Domhnall Gleeson. Yeah, Alex Garland movie. Um, so the first time I saw it, I was, I don't think I was ready for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I just wasn't in the mood. The more I watch it, the more I do enjoy it. I find her performance simultaneously interesting, but also off-putting. I kind of feel like maybe she, once again, I am someone who gets very much affected if I don't like the lead. And then yeah. this was one, I didn't like her in Tomb Raider either. It's no disrespect to her. It's just whether or not it agrees with me. Um, I think it was a great movie. The more I've, I've seen it twice now, the second time I watched it, I liked it a lot more. And I'd say I liked it more despite her. Okay. I... But, I feel like I learned the I since I since I saw it I feel like I've kind of understood the themes of it a little bit better um, mm-hmm. and just learning more about like feminism I like feel like I learned mm-hmm. like that movie got better um, but then he made Men this year uh, which is um, something um, I, uh, no, I haven't even heard I of that one not seen yeah. it. I do um, I do know yeah but... yeah so yeah. yeah same guy um, um, still yeah. like well I mean because his other movie. Um, in between, he made Annihilation, Annihilation which has also got some oh. f- feminist themes to it. And that's like when I've started. And so this was sort of like, I'm not going to say it's like the apex of his, like, of his feminist philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's, um, especially at the same time, this is still like a, a cis white man talking about these things. Me, Alex Garland. Yeah. So keep that in mind. <laughs> um, um, and so like for him to like, to see a guy go through his feminist themes via a horror film in three different movies well one's more of a sci-fi movie but um is yeah. interesting to say the least um yeah <laughs> like uh yeah <laughs> um there are things that i've gotten out of those movies that i think they're worth watching it's hard for me to say i enjoyed them i'll, I'll put it that way um, yeah I, so I didn't realize that he was saying guy in annihilation and that makes sense because when i think about how i both experienced Ex Machina Annihilation, it's very similar. The way the movie flows is very different. Not bad, mm-hmm. but different. Mm-hmm. You don't have the same problem with, with Annihilation as Ex Machina because I really, really like uh, Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're thick, chewy movies. They're the kind where you feel like you're supposed to watch it again, almost like you're supposed to watch it again very soon after, but then you wait too long to watch it again and you're not sure you're getting everything on the second you know if you liked it to begin with, yeah. and they're like, I think I'm all right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and men I, has that yeah. kind of feeling too, except it's just Jesse Buckley and Rory Kinnear. Rory Kinnear, uh, yeah, Rory Kinnear playing all the men in this village she goes to. Yeah. So it's yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so super weird. It, super weird. I want to see the it, ending is something else. Yeah, I've only um, seen the trailer and I was like, "What am I watching right now?" Yeah. And but it looked really good, and I seen clips because I I was thinking about actually recommending that to you, um, but I still don't know really what it's about, so we'll see. <laughs> Men. It's about men. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. simply right but, there in the title. Yeah, there's no. It's about men and. How, okay, so there's no more extra to it. Like I was just thinking, maybe they're purposely not giving more information. I don't know. No, like most trailers, which I think is a good thing. No, no. But I'd say real quick before we disappear from it, the yeah. the one thing, the sequel I want but could exist because Marvel is just going to keep going. They're not just quality to be there, and it doesn't matter. If, if we're gonna have yeah. it, I would love to see a next segment of whatever they did with Werewolf by Night. I would it's also like that Marvel too. thing of the last couple of years. Yeah. It was yep. brilliant, and I would love for more of that. That perfect amount of cheese, perfect amount of old school horror mentality, 
playful. I want more of that. And to be honest, if they were going to re- like bring back the dark universe idea for the universal monsters, like they would learn more from that than <laughs> they than they did that Tom Cruise mummy movie or that Benicio del Toro <laughs> werewolf movie. Um, yes. so, yeah, yeah, no, I like that a lot, and I like that man thing was in it. Um, and he looked yeah. so. I mean, he always looked cool, but he looked really cool in the movie. I was like, damn, he's big. And they gave him such personality. I love without him. saying a word, without saying anything. Yeah, yeah. they did the yeah, yeah. And that was the other guy from E2 Mama, right? Because Andor has the one guy from... He was also in Rogue One, that guy. Um, oh, Luna, yes. Yeah, and, and it's Gael in uh, Werewolf by Night, right? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember his name. <clears throat> so that was in yeah. Rogue One. Uh, yeah, Diego Luna, you said, right? Um, yeah, for, for Andor. Oh. Um, but I think it's like Gael Garcia Bernal, I think. Um, I, haven't, I, I haven't seen I you're right. E2 Mama Tambien since you and me lived together. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, the funny thing is, they're also in a movie with Will Ferrell called La Casa de mi Padre. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, together. is that one also an Almodovar film? That is not an Almodovar movie. Oh, okay, it's, okay. Like, it's, uh, it's like a it's, an, it's a Will Ferrell movie um, that just happens to be in Spanish. Um, That's cool. Uh, yeah. And Ichu Mama is a is a Caron movie. Oh, it's not. I thought that was yeah. Almodovar. Yeah. Um, no, that's uh, the yeah. It's a uh, Alfonso Caron from a. Uh, yeah, Caron, Caron, yeah, thank yeah. you. From uh, Gravity and Didn't you do uh, Gravity? No, that is that's Inuritu. Um, I always who, get them confused. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, so at least you know a Guillermo del Toro movie when you see it, though, right? Because those, oh, those, yeah. those, those three guys kind of came up together. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we were just watching the cabinet. Curiosity, you've seen the first uh, three. I've only seen, I've seen the first three. Yeah. yeah, And see, that's a TV show that I haven't watched it at all, but you were talking about the having the ongoing story problem. Yeah. See an anthology show. An anthology, <laughs> that's the way to do it. Make it yep. each their own. I'm so okay with it. First episode is one of my favorite horror things we saw this year. Yeah. As someone who grew up with Tales of the Crypt, Crypt, I mean, yep. that's just how I want to see my horror a lot of times. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Anthology, horror is designed for anthology. I agree. Yeah. And we haven't had like a creep show esque or trick or treat esque movie since like, well, okay, we've had a few. It's been a while. Think of it. There's been, yeah, it's just been a while. We've had VHS sequels that we yeah, we've had VHS movies. Talk about. Those, those count. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. yeah. Um, actually, someone who did uh, something in VHS 94 this year, um, Akuna, um, she put out um, Terry Akuna, Terry, uh, Chloe Akuna. Yeah. She directed Watcher this year. Oh, okay. Um, and that was like uh, that was that was actually really good. And but her segment in in the V, I watched her segment in the VHS thing, which is like about uh, news people going to a sewer. And, I like the Rat King thing. Yeah, the Rat whatever. King thing and having a bad time. Yeah, that that was yes. hers. Um, so yeah. it's very different from that segment. I can tell you. That. Okay. Um, yeah, I like that one actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's uh, worth checking out. Um, cool. Well, one last fun little thing I want to throw in. This is specifically for you, Andrew. You mentioned okay. way earlier the uh, Prometheus problem where you do a mm-hmm. prequel, but technology is better. Mm-hmm. So this is completely out of something you do because I know you're not into video games or anything, but a couple years ago, they released an Aliens video game called Alien Isolation. where you Right, play I, yeah, I remember this happening, yeah. The best part about it, like it's not necessarily my type of game. It's very beautiful, though. All the computers in it are designed to function like 70s computers from the original Alien. So they decided to not do this super updated thing. They created the retro vibe and went with it. And I think it really worked. Kind of like how Blade Runner 2049, they said, mm-hmm. we're still going to pretend that that version of history happened and we're going with that. Mm-hmm. Nice. I think that's the smart way to get around that issue is 
embrace yeah. the hokiness yeah. and say, this is the world we're playing with and go with it. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And Prometheus failed. <laughs> yeah. I ended up like, yes, it, yes, did. it did. I ended up liking the second Prometheus movie more than I thought it would. Um, but it I covenant? Feel- Covenant, which I think I ended up saying, depending on how much of a fan you are, <laughs> is going to like determine how you're going to like that movie. Well, um, I really wanted more of the story of them meeting the, the engineers when David just killed them all with his thing. Like, yeah. It was such a throwaway scene to what I thought was the only part I was really interested in from Learning. Prometheus. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. at least tell me that. And then they're just like, no, we're just going to slide under the rug real quick. And that made me sick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they they kind of gave short shrift to that, and I mean, it was really pretty predictable. Yeah, yeah. it was Prometheus. Yep. Prometheus, at least, I didn't I see what know. was coming, largely because none of it made a lot of sense. Yeah, but a lot of smart people making some really dumb decisions, um, which mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. smart people do is the thing. Like, if there's if there's sure. anything that I'll say about horror films is there's a lot of smart people doing dumb things and. <laughs> In situations where bad things are happening, oftentimes people make dumb decisions. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But uh, anyway, but yeah, thanks for coming, guys. Um, I think yeah, we got uh, got some, a lot here. Uh, what do you guys got going on at Hair of the Werewolf? Uh, so we have, well, we're definitely getting back on track, you know, just releasing episodes mm-hmm. every week. We just started season three. We just started season yep. three. Uh, Jason and I are making more plans to doing on-site kind of maybe recordings. Like we'll go to a hotel and kind of talk about it while we're there. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little uh, <laughs> to Chase's demise, um, paranormal investigations. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'll see if I can get anything. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, we'll see what, what happens. Hopefully we'll get well, merch out at some point. And yeah, we're hoping to get the website up with like, so people can just order t-shirts because everyone's always asking us for t-shirts. Yeah. But the other thing is we have a new feature. I'm not going to detail right now because we're still figuring out, but we have a new thing that we're going to add to the show is either going to be like supplementary bonus episodes or part episodes you haven't figured out, but the few people who are going to be involved in it really are excited about it. So we have a new thing. We're gonna, yeah. We're going to be adding uh, people to help us kind of create other content, but it will be kind of on a bonus thing. Yeah. Like the show itself is going to stay the same. Yeah, We're not going to change the show. We're not changing the show. We're just adding stuff to it. So, you know, just more fun things to have. And, Excellent. and the responses have, have been very good. So we're pretty excited. About yeah, what's that. in beta. Uh, <laughs> so. and actually we need to talk to you once we start getting this role on andrew because i think there's some things we can get your help with sure yeah. always glad to help okay. right. and well we'll be talking about movies into the new year so we got award yep. seasons Fine. coming up so get ready season. For that. yeah yep 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 it's uh it's 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 coming sooner than than i would like at least <laughs> yeah. Yeah. do you guys have any movie in particular that you're looking forward to for the award season uh well, okay, so I'm kind of I'm, I'm interested to see what this is going to be very dire and well not dire it's gonna be very dour, but I am curious to see how women talking works out. Um, mm. Sarah Polly's movie um, about the um, about a, a number of Mennonite women having to talk about the abuse that they were going through. So yeah. that's <laughs> going to be uh, not a light film, um, but I, I am yeah. I'm I, that's the that's the one I'm curious about and then th- then i have a bunch of movies that are on my i will see it if it gets nominated list um right two of which are legacy sequels um <laughs> that have had a lot of buzz but we'll see what happens um, yeah yeah there's there's some of that um and also remakes particularly oh yeah, remakes. all quiet on the western yeah. front and living which, which is ikuru yeah. with um 
Bill Nye, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. like, I'm interested in that. Like, I that that could be fun. But, yeah. Do, do you think All Quiet actually has a chance of being nominated, even though it's streaming only? Uh, well, I mean, Roma did fine. I mean, so oh, that's like, true. I didn't think about that. Well, yeah, but that was that was still at a point when they they ran Roma in theaters right. for the required duration to to meet that. So well, and I think, but I think all quiet are, are different now. Well, I think they did it with yeah, all quiet. Like, it just was in like they only they, have to they only technically have yeah. to do it in Los Angeles and like a specific area of Los Angeles to be to qualify. Does um, it just have to be yeah, like a premiere? Not for very long either. Uh, no, it has to actually like be there for a week. I think. Oh. Okay. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, and I think they already did that with All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, but then there's like, well, Empower the Dog was another one that did pretty well despite being just. Mm. I, I don't know if Netflix is winning anything anytime soon, but I mean, like, it has a, <laughs> it has because because it ended up being Apple being the first streamer to get the best picture. So, um, wow. yep, that they yep. they bought out of Sundance a couple of years yep. ago. Yep. So, wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a. a Actually, very, very entertaining and very moving film, Coda. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's worth checking out. But yeah, played at Sundance. Apple bought it. And, it worked um, out for them. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. I will always say it is a Hallmark movie, but it's an extremely well-made Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's yeah. and there's nothing wrong. Like, I have no problems with, like, like that is its genre, except this. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. though. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah. Nice. Well, it's not a holiday movie, but it, it's a Hallmark movie. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Yep. That's our show. Well, thank you guys <laughs> for having us on. This yeah, was awesome. So this is always a blast talking to you guys. It's a good time. Yeah, yeah. And we'll probably have you on again later in the year. So, or when the new okay. year comes. Yeah. 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 We've, we've, we've got more stuff. I probably have more Star Trek stuff to talk to you about, uh, Tim, in the future because you're the kind of guy to guide me into what I should be paying attention to. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.